and welcome back to the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. My name is Will and I'm joined today just by Jasper um, after I was out last week and, and we've traded me in for, for an underperforming Matt Forrest this week. Um, good to be back. Uh, but how did you score on the weekend, Jasper? Just Jasper. That's kind of, just that's kind of disappointing oh. from you. Right off the bat as well. This isn't going to go well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went all right. I was in. I was in for a rude <laughs> shock listening back to the pod last week. Actually, I got, <laughs> yeah. got a swipe off the top, so I guess we're equal now. But I think no, I think you got three or four always. swipes. Yeah, yes, that's true. No, that's that's on me as well. I apologize. Uh, that was very rude. Uh, yeah, I went all right. Twenty three thirty one. The big news out of the week, obviously, is uh, the Sydney and the GWS COVID scares and 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 all that kind of stuff, and then Dusty as well. So I caught a couple of bullets. Cal Mills didn't play for me and, and quite a few other coaches and then Dusty as well. Um, two bullets that aren't really unique. Cal Mills kind of a unique, but he's been scoring so well that it doesn't, hasn't really mattered. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's really disappointing. Uh, and they're two ones that I will probably need to kind of figure out as, as the week goes along because they both may be trades Well, Dusty definitely is, but Cal Mills may be a trade will. Yeah, it's a it's a tricky one at this point in the season as well. I, I know I myself have Cal Mills, um, my D two, and he's um, I've only got two trades left as well, so I'm going to have to to plot that out um, cautiously and see see how it's going. But um, we were just talking before we started recording as well, and um, we we think he could be out for three games now, including that one he's just missed on the weekend. Yeah, and if that's the case, it's obviously a trade right now. Uh, but the situation is. He can't play if he's in Queensland, if Sydney plays in Queensland, but he can if he plays in Melbourne, which is just a, a bizarre situation to think about because the Queensland government has directed that the GLUS players and the Sydney players who are now um, listed as tier one exposure sites, uh, that, that rugby match that, that some of them went to and staff as well, um, that they must now quarantine for 14 days in Queensland. Uh, so that's what happened about half an hour before the JWS Sydney game on Sunday afternoon, recording this on a Monday night. So um, circumstances may change uh, over the next few hours um, and day or so, but that's currently how it sits. I think Cal Mills will be out and, and Colin O'Riordan and Harry Cunningham as well um, from that Sydney side. So I think that he's going to be a trade uh, if he does end up missing those three weeks which kind of begs the question, who, who do you go to? He's obviously worth a fair bit at 572K uh, as a defender. He's been one of the best defenders that you can have. He's averaging more than Rory Laird, um, more than Jake Lloyd, more than Lockie Whitfield, et cetera. So, yeah, who do you, who do you go to if, if you're a Cal Mills owner right now? Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky question. I guess you've got a fair bit of cash to play with because um, Rory Laird's, I, I think, the next closest in price to him um, at 603K and Mills is 572. So there is plenty of cash to play with there. Um, but you could also um, downgrade to someone or downgrade slightly just because just of his price point. But someone like Daniel Rich, who we love to talk about um, here. He's, Friend of the show. He's the fourth. Yes, friend of the show, Daniel Rich. Yep. Um, fourth highest scoring defender um, this this year um and he's sort of yeah probably the the probably one of the the safer picks i guess and a bit of a pot as well at just eight percent ownership uh yeah for me daniel rich has been the one that i really like uh but i'm gonna go for his teammate here jordan dawson how good has he been lately i uh, kicked 
uh, two goals and three goals. Didn't have one on, the, didn't kick one on the weekend, but I don't really expect him to. He's a defender. Um, and with, you know, with a few of those outs, I think his role becomes even more pronounced uh, along with Jake Lloyd. He takes a lot of their kickouts. Um, he has a, he has a season high of, of 145, which is a really high ceiling. And he's been really consistent lately over his last four, 111, 105, 141, then 94 on the weekend. Uh, I reckon he could end the season really well and, and make everyone kind of consider if, if they should be having him to, to start next season because he is slightly underpriced from what he's done in the first half of the season compared to what he's done in the second half of the season. Um, so I like Jordan Dawson as a real smoky option, but it does, you know, there is issues with how many trades you have left. I can only have three left and I'll be using two if Cal Mills is out and obviously Dusty. Um, so, you know, there's there's a lot of issues that coaches are facing so late in the season with Primo's not being able to get on the f- bloody field, um, which is unfortunate. Now, Dusty as well. Forward options, I think there are probably a few more, but, you know, they're so inconsistent as, as we've kind of found out over the season. And how good was Jordan Degoe again on the weekend, Will? It was fantastic. And, um, yeah, I think I think I saw a, a stat earlier and he's averaging, since round 13, averaging 31 touches a game. So any sort of doubts about his his midfield role and his midfield time, they've been been put to bed by that, I guess. And he's still still managing to hit the scoreboard as well. And he's been um, been outstanding. Probably probably could be could have been one of the best sort of picks of the season if you if you got him at four oh seven K a couple of weeks ago, just based on how he scored. Um his last three, he's averaging 117.3 um, in his last three with uh, 124 in round 17. That's his highest score for the season. Then he put up 114 again against the Blues on Sunday. So um, he's looking looking uh, like a pretty pretty good option if you're needing to move Dusty on, I guess. Um, and you, you've got a bit of cash to, to play with. Yeah, despite Matt's um, terrible, terrible advice, I went with him. I picked him up. And I'm not looking back at all. He's been sensational. Uh, I love his midfield role is great because not only is he around the contest, but he's actually up the ground. He's, he's kind of, his work rate's better than I kind of expected it would be. So he's, he's working hard for each ball and, and he's getting a lot of uncontested marks, uncontested possessions as well as doing some, some dirty stuff and, and going forward. He didn't kick a goal on the weekend, but you can probably expect one or two from him each week in that role still. Um, so I think, yeah, he's still a great option. He doesn't have a great matchup this weekend, Friday night against Port Adelaide. So you'd have to firstly trade on a Friday afternoon, which is extremely scary considering all the, the COVID stuff kind of going on and, and laid outs that we've seen over the past few weekends, um, which is, yeah, obviously if you're using one of your last you know three or four trades, um, that that's not ideal having to trade on a Friday afternoon. But Jordan Ngo is someone that I think... Uh, you can definitely pick up regardless of those those negatives. Um, I think there are, there are too many positives that outweigh them. And and I think he's probably the number one choice for me in the forward line. Another guy who I think is a really good option, and I know you have him, Will, you jumped on him, is Rowan Marshall. And I'm not sure if he plays this week. I know so he was at the rugby and a lot of like, a few um, different gates at the rugby um, have been upgraded to tier one sites and he's in WA right now with, with the saints they're over there um, and they're getting set to play the Eagles. I'm not sure if he can play the WA government hasn't updated what, what those guidelines are for the people who have attended tier one um, exposure sites in the saints camp. Obviously the Queensland government updated it to 14 days quarantine. I kind of expected 
the WA government to do that. But I saw him at training today, Rod Marshall, and he was training with the main group, which which is a great sign. Um, if he does play on the weekend, I think he's a great option as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, Marshall was actually the one I picked up um, a couple of weeks ago instead of um, instead of Dugowie. He went that um, that option. I think he was 434k, and he's gained about 30k since that as well, um, which has been been pretty handy. But um, yeah, I think he was it was almost um, during the preseason sort of firming to be everyone's sort of top um, top forward pick, wasn't he? I think he was sitting at yeah. About, something like 560k or around that mark when yeah when the preseason was was happening and before the season and he's been been pretty consistent in in the last three as well i think he scored um scored one month uh 127 on the weekend and then a 100 um in around 16 as well as a like a high 90 score in um in around 17 as well so he's been yeah been pretty good and definitely not the worst of options out there uh I, yeah and I personally, he's one of my favorite players to watch, which is great. And another one, another young Ruckman, these up and coming Ruckman, Sean Darcy. He, <laughs> so he, he has history in the past of, of going down with an injury on a really good score, not playing the final that quarter or however long it is. And uh, coaches are expecting to have to trade him out. And then he just comes back and plays the next week, like an absolute hero. He's the most farm strong boy I've ever seen. Shout out to Todd Davey for dubbing that one for Sean Darcy. Um, and and I can't wait to own him next year. Uh, but firstly, this year, apparently he's going to play with a medial ligament injury in his knee. Ooh, did you did you see it on, on um, was it Thursday night or, or Friday night? They played Geelong. I think it might have been I Thursday night. Thursday, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, he he went down in the third quarter on like already a hundred hundred odd. What what was he on? Something like that. Um, he was on he was on track for a huge score, uh, and it looked like he'd done his knee. It looked like he was he was gone. He was out. GG. And he's he's come back, and he's just suddenly doing what like he's he's suddenly good to play. I, I have no idea what this man's on, but he's the most farm strong. Man, I've ever seen 156. He was on, wasn't even three quarter time when he went out. It was just ridiculous. He was on track for another like 200 score. His last month has been insane. It's ridiculous. 193, 183, 156, and that's injured. Oh my god. Averaging 177 in his last three and 152 in his last five, which is absolutely insane. And um, I think there's two injuries in there as well. <laughs> there probably is, yeah. Do you go down against the Blues for a little bit? I can't, can't quite remember, but yeah, he's, that's insane. It's ridiculous. And he's only in 2.8% of teams, and he was only in 2% of teams four weeks ago. I cannot believe this. Absolutely. He's, I'll tell you what, he's, he's actually currently the most expensive player in Supercoach overall. He's 710K. Wow. Um, just ahead of Jack Steele at 694. And I'll put this to you. Do you reckon he's a, a starting starting pick for next year ahead of one of one of Gorn or Grundy? Yeah, absolutely. He's a lock. Um, it will depend on how Grundy and Gorn finish the season, I think, because in my opinion, if Max continues his 50-50 split with Luke Jackson, uh, I probably won't start him next year, which is kind of scary. But Sean Dolo... Like, like the numbers that Sean Darcy is putting up and the ceiling and and the fact that he's going to be a lone rock for the rest of his career because he's that farm strong. I can't see how you can't start with him. He's like, even in round three, when he got the sole rock to himself after a couple of, I'm um, sorry, in round four, after a couple of rounds coming back in with, with Lloyd Meek as well, he went 129. He was like, nah, the sole rock's mine boys. Like 
please get the, get out of the way. And and he, since then he's he's done one forty six midway through the year one forty, and then the last three last three rounds has just been like super coach folklore. I'm not sure if we've ever seen a, a higher three round average than what he's what he's gone at. And it's insane in the in the super coach app as well because they're they're standing head and shoulders um, above the rest of his scores as well and making his making his scores of 146 in in round nine looking just like a sort of low hundred score just yeah, based on like the scale 100. of that graph which is which is absolutely insane i think um yeah it's definitely been been a great um great sort of rise to watch i guess from from sean darcy as well Look, if if he was 100k cheaper, everyone would be jumping on him right now. He's just too expensive, um, and I guess there are kind of injury concerns. But it, he, what he does is with those scores is if you double them, like he makes other kind of players or like decisions that you make like not even matter because you've already got that much in the bank, that many points in the bank, um, round per round. So like for example, I'm probably gonna stick with a rookie at M8, or well, Jeremy Sharp is kind of a rookie. Um, his rookie price. He scored 115 on the weekend and Lockie Bramble scored 91 on my bench. I'm probably going to keep rotating those two depending on the better score between them because uh, I can spend money elsewhere and also I need my trades to trade out primos because they can't play for some reason. Um, so those two are going to stay as my M8 and and on my bench uh, with a loophole. Uh, but you know, I'm I'm scrounging out like ten or twenty points between the two, and being like, "Yo, I can I can get an extra twenty points if I loop him right now," and that kind of stuff. And it it seems so stupid when you look across and and there's a bloke who who's just captain Sean Darcy, and he scored another one ninety, or Sam Walsh, and he scored one ninety, and you're like, "You have literally scored an extra hundred and fifty points to me to my captain." It's just ridiculous. Pretty insane as well. I guess Walsh has had a, a great run as well in his last year. I think he's. Averaging 163 in his last three, um, thanks to that big 193 against Collingwood on on the weekend. And even I, I looked at the stats and 38, 39 touches he had. Um, it was absolutely insane, but I certainly wasn't with that with that number. Um, expecting to roll into the Supercoach app and see he scored a juicy 193 um, yeah. for, for the Oz kick reserve. So that's yeah, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he, he was on 180 and he got scaled up to 193 as well. And he probably deserved to get scaled up to the double hundred. He should have raised the bat on that one. He was unbelievable. And he's, I think once he kicked that goal in the fourth quarter, his um, sports bet odds for, for the Brownlow went from a, from $12 to $10 just off that one kick. And I was like, yeah, that, that checks out. That That's probably well-deserved. Uh, so yeah, he's going to go close. He's only 21 years old. Absolutely. He's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. What a freak. He could have scored that 200 on the weekend, but I've got no doubt that he will probably do it at some point during his career. If he's getting 39 touches and having as much of an influence on games as he is at age 21, um, he's going to be an absolutely incredible player. And even, like you say, he's a, a bit of a chance for the Brownlow this year. There's a few few other guys putting their hand up, but Walsh is coming home pretty strong. And he's, um, he's the fifth rank Supercoach player this year. Uh, which is yeah, just absolutely incredible. And um, as a Blues fan, absolutely love watching him and, and love it. I love everything he does and the way he goes about it. And Sam Walsh is actually the the centerpiece of our next um, kind of talking point here. Your best and worst starting picks. Now, Kako, I'm going to go first because there's two Blues in mine. One one not started, and one started. Sam Walsh. I did not start. Instead of him, I started his captain, the Batman to his Robin, apparently. 
<laughs> Patrick Cripps. Now, now the Robin. Now what? the Robin to his Batman. Yeah, if absolutely. I might, if I might say, <laughs> please. He does not need a Robin. <laughs> Sam Walsh does not need a Robin, and Patrick Cripps isn't even a Robin anyway. Uh, he didn't play on the weekend, did he? No. He, I mean, he's had what? He's no, had two he tons. He's had two tons for the entire year. It's just unbelievable. The fall from grace that Patrick Cripps has had. I know he's been battling a lot of injuries, but I cannot believe that I started Cripps over Walsh when they're around the same price point to start the season. Um, and I got sucked in by Matt Forrest. That's just another little tidbit about Matt Forrest. You can't trust him with anything. He is terrible, terrible at Supercoach. <laughs> I think it was uh, I think it was funny. Matt himself has, has held Cripps the whole season. Um and I think he was saying, was it in last week's show, or maybe it was, um, maybe it was off off air? But he was saying um, that Cripps has basically, he's not been scoring like a primo should, but he hasn't been scoring badly either. He's just been sort of hovering around that eighty to hundred mark each week, which is okay, I guess, during the season. But um, but as he said countless times in the last few weeks, he's he's not counting Cripps as a primo for that reason. Yeah. But um, funnily enough, I actually I started both of them. So um, being a Blues man, couldn't couldn't split the two, and and Walsh is um undoubtedly um, I'm a fan of that ended up as as my my best best pick for the season. Um, he's currently my M two um, behind Tuke Miller at at six fifty four k Walsh is, um, and I traded Crips out um, a little while ago. But they probably again my my best and worst um there in that that combo. But um, as well as that. What would you say were your, your best or worst trades that you made during the season? Uh, my best trade has been bringing in Cal Mills via um, Patrick Dangerfield after the first round when he got suspended. So a little bit of DPP there. Um, I shouldn't have started Danger. I should have started Dunkley. If he continued on this season, that would have been my um, most regrettable decision to not start instead of Sam Walsh. It would have been Josh Dunkley because I love watching him play. And I can't believe I didn't start him because I just didn't trust Bevo. Uh, but yeah, I'm really happy with uh, Cal Mills over the season until this week. Um, and then probably my worst one was bringing in Lockie Neal. He scored like a, oh, I don't, I can't even remember. What did he score before that? But then he got injured and he didn't play. Uh, so, so he scored an 84, brought him in for that Melbourne game, scored an 84, and then he didn't play the next week. Um, but then the week after he scored 156. But I didn't really get great value out of Lockie Neal, unfortunately. Uh, would have liked to to have a bit more um, from him, but that's okay. Uh, we live with those. Uh, what about you, Kako? I think um, probably my worst trade, even though um, even though if he had have played um, consistently since I brought him in, it would have been would have been excellent with the form he's been in. But bringing in Jake Stringer earlier in the season was a bit of a regret. It's probably cost me a few trades um, towards the the end of the season. Now I could have an extra two in the bank. Um, if I'd if I'd saved it, but um, but yeah, I brought in Stringer. I think in fairly early. Um, I think it was after maybe around three or four, and he he scored a hundred and an eighty. And I thought it was cheap cheap price point. I thought I'd bring him in, chuck him in my forward line, and then he he pumped out a, a ninety something. And then I think he got injured the next week, so um, that was a bit frustrating. And having to basically trade him out again after that was not uh, not what I had in mind um, either. But um, I'd have to say probably my my best trade in was was probably bringing in one of the two of um, Jared Lyons and Tuke Miller. They've both been um, absolutely outstanding. Um, Lyons just goes about it. Um, basically, I think he's only dipped below 100 um, one or two times um, in the season. Yeah, just twice in the season. And um, 
and um, Tuke Miller's been similar. Um, and yeah, it's been awesome having those two guys in my team, especially um, since they're both sort of lesser lesser owned players as well, I guess. Yeah, Took has been unbelievable. He's been so good. I think I brought him in around the same time as you, Will, uh, and he just never lets you down. He's so consistent, and watching him is so much fun as well. Uh, the you know the guy that I started with that um, has probably been my favorite to own has been Jack Steele because he is somehow kind of semi-unique or has been at least for a lot of the season. Uh, he, yeah, he started at 19% ownership and it has gradually gone up and now it's 34% ownership. Uh, and he's just so uber consistent. And his last three have been outrageous, averaging about 150-odd. Um, the, the casual 147, 148, which is just ridiculous. I've had him captain every single week. Does not let you down. So consistent. Um and, and he's great to watch as well. Jack Zebel's been one that we probably didn't expect to be a primo, but he has been. Jarman Impey was another uh, who unfortunately got injured. Um, but yeah, look, there are so many good stories out of this year, um, despite all the negative players that I've started with and I brought in, um, unfortunately. But one final thing, let's talk about some trades because the chances are you are going to try and move Dusty up you know, the, the 50% of the competition that owns him to, to a premium forward. So you need a cash cow. And for me, it's probably Sam Durham, uh, the Don's man. Did you watch the game on the weekend, Will? Um, I didn't actually. didn't get to watch it. But um, from all reports, he's, he was uh, a bit of a standout in that that game, which I guess is good for good for Supercoach and, and the mid-season draft as a whole, I reckon. Um, 102K, yeah. um, DPP um, with... Um, defender and mid um, option. I I think yeah, yeah, he's definitely definitely one to target, and I'll be I'll be considering it probably this week. Um, even though I, I downgraded on my defensive bench a couple of weeks ago, and I've just got um, Trent Bianco left there, so yeah, um, okay. it definitely is handy to have him playing and um, and at that price to to be able to move move yeah. someone else up. And the two boys for bench covers can be Sammy Durham and Connor West. Connor West is a mid only. I brought him in. Uh, when the mid-season draft draftees got put into the game uh, because I, I follow the waffle fairly heavily and he's an absolute star. He's going to be a, he's going to be a great player for the next decade for that Eagles side. Uh, scored 71 on the weekend, but yeah, he doesn't have that DPP that Durham does. He scored a 49 on the weekend, Sammy. Um, and he looked really good doing it. He's playing on a wing. So he's, you know, he has that similar kind of, uh, scope as Nick Cox. Like he's going to have a few big games, but for the most part, you know, he's going to be caught out of position a fair bit. Um, but when he's around the ball, he looks really good. He probably should have kicked a goal on the weekend, missed from the top of the goal square, but that's all right. We forgive him for those. Uh, and I think he's going to be playing next week for sure. Um, not sure if he'll finish the season because we have a few injuries and, and players who will come back in soon. Uh, but I think he's the downgrade option because of that DPP. As we love to do each week, it's time to have a look at some captaincy options. Captain, my captain. Captain, my captain. That's right. It's time for Oh Captain, My Captain. And we've had a bit of a fixture shakeup um, because of all the COVID, um, COVID crisis, I guess you could call it, um, with, with lockdowns and isolation, as we saw, um, and as we chatted about off the top. Um, and I guess the, the notable change is Carlton um, coming um, from the Sunday 4.40 time slot against North Melbourne to 1.45 on Saturday. Um, and I don't know about you, Jasper, but I think this all but seals Sam Walsh in as my vice-captain for the week. 
Yeah, I, I wish I had him. God, against North Melbourne, he's going to go nuclear. We saw Darcy Parrish have a good game on the weekend and he was pretty quiet. He started out in the first half really quiet, actually, but then got into the game. I mean, Sam Walsh doesn't take time to get into games. He, he will be there from the outset and he will run harder than every single other player on the field. Uh, he's going to go 150 again, in my opinion. And it'll be nice to set your weekend up, Kako. Uh, for me, Took Miller against Brisbane. You know, he has that rivalry against Dane Zorko. Uh, he's no longer a tagger. Old Tuk Tuk, but I think he's going to go huge against the Lions and a bit of a rivalry match there, the Q Clash. Um, and then Jack Steele against uh, the West Coast Eagles. We know that the Eagles do give up points when they're not playing well, which they are usually not. Um, on the weekend, they they gave up points to, to Rory Laird and to Ben Keyes in particular, um, their midfielders. Uh, not, not in huge bunches, but I think Jack Steele will probably go 140 plus again because he's just in that kind of form. Uh, so those are my two options. I think I'm probably going to steer clear of Brody Grundy and Max Gorn for now because that's uh, they just haven't been performing that well uh, over the last over the last week, 88 and 95, um, which is pretty disappointing in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, yeah, definitely a, a bit of a funny one with the the fixture shakeup and um, plenty of, plenty of options around as well. Um, but yeah, as you say, Gorn and Grundy. Bit, bit untrustworthy. I was a bit, bit disappointed, but um, it was good disappointed because it meant uh, my boy Tommy DeConing um, performed pretty well in the ruck against Grundy um, when I had the captaincy on him on, on Sunday Arvo. So there's positives in, the, in that, uh, that super coach um, gloom, I guess. That's about it uh, for the show this week, but thank you for joining us um, once again on the Supercoach Sanctum podcast. We are, of course, a product of the innersanctum.com.au. You can find us on Twitter at SC Sanctum um, and you can keep up to date with the Inner Sanctum during the week uh, for all the latest Supercoach content, um, such as trade options articles and captaincy options. Um, But thank you once again for joining us this week and we will catch you next week when we have Matt Forrest back, which we can't wait for.